0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Holiday, a practical guide for making the holidays holy days. And we are in the first week of 2019. And if you're just joining in, welcome. You're not late. Don't worry about it. God is going to work through this time. No matter what, people are going to be joining in. Last time we talked about how God creates these rhythms in our life in our calendar, in our schedule for rest, you know, from the beginning of time, at from creation, he created us to rest on the seventh day. He uh, created us to need that in our bodies. And actually, once you start celebrating the Sabbath, you start to figure out and feel that it actually makes the rest of your week work. Um, if you want more on that, you can do the Sabbath series. But. Um, but he also creates these rhythms in our calendar of times where we can have we can step out of the regular routine and we can focus on him. Or we can focus on getting the stuff out of our lives that shouldn't be there, the repentance and all of that kind of stuff. So I want to pick up there and just keep going in that direction. Another way that you can think about these next 70 days is also with the word consecration in mind. Now, consecration has been around forever. Um, God had these specific uh, guidelines put for, out for the priests to consecrate themselves to, before they would go in and serve in the temple, to make themselves clean, to purify themselves in some way, the things that they wore, the things that they ate, the thing, all of that. And so this time, actually, these 70 days can be somewhat like that, that we are consecrating ourselves to go be fit to work in God's kingdom. So we want to look to January 1st to be ready to serve for God. And so we're looking at these 70 days as getting us ready for that at a time of consecration, a time of purification. And. Um, now, all of our steps and all the things that God wants us to do are going to come directly from Him, and it's going to be very, very individual. And you know, I am, I've been doing this for a while, and I have certain things that I say. For example, like, I, I have this concept of open-handed living. I talk about that all the time, but really it's just walking in the spirit. The reason I say open-handed is just to take this controlling nature of mind to grab. Um, you know, I got this image actually from Gwen Chamberlain a long time ago, but that you go in and you grab for, I want more food even though I don't need it. I, I wanna buy this even though I haven't prayed about it. I, I, I have an agenda for my day and I wanna make it happen. I wanna control my life and control people. And instead, taking those same hands and turning them upside down and opening them up and saying, God, you fill them. Just like it says in the Psalms, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. I think about open up your hands and I will fill them. So yes, do I wake up with the thoughts that these are the things that need to be done today? Do I have a to-do list? Yes, but then I take it to God in the morning and I say, God, I know this may not be your agenda. It's my agenda, but what is your agenda? I release my agenda. Put into my hands what you want to happen today. And that's open-handed living. And I'll give a lot of um, practicals along the way. This is a practical guide to making the holidays holy days. You know, there are certain things that practically we can do to help us to open our hands, to open our minds and our ears to the Spirit so that we can follow in God's footsteps. And so I'll give you some, some things that are working for me. But this whole thing is just me living out loud. I'm going to tell you what God is teaching me. I'm going to put it out there, and I want you to glean through it. I want you to look through it. I want you to pick out what works and what, and what and, and leave the rest. It's not meant to be... And this can unwittingly happen, unknowingly, I can come out like, do what I'm doing, you know, do, well, Tracy Miner's doing this, I'm gonna do this. It's not meant to be that. You know, I'm here, I wanna be a spark to ignite the fire in your spirit. I want to be someone to ignite and to um, stimulate your thinking so that you can take, well, this is what she's doing. Now, how would that apply to my life? Um, Tuesday night, some of us were with Kim Upton and she was talking about how each of our holiday seasons will have its own personal fingerprint because we all have our own special fingerprint, the way that our homes look, the way that we're creating, um, we're recreating the garden in our own lives. And it's okay. It's great. We're all different. So I just wanted to make sure that I said that, that it's not about my ideas. It's not about doing things that I'm doing. Please don't do. Please, please, please. You're going to regret it if you go. Tracy Myers, do that. I'm going to do that. Don't do that. Um, But do open your ears to listen to God. And that's what i really want to talk about this time is i want to talk about how we can hear what god wants us to do and keeping in mind that our goal is to be fit for service in the kingdom of god by january 1st 2020 to clear out this stuff in our life so that we're really ready to work at that time now this is opposite from the world so you're going to feel weird (laughs) because it is very different the world says just, you know, as the, all the festivities come in, because, you know, there's more to do during the holiday season, obviously. There's cards that, to get out. There's If you want to take a picture, then you gotta take the picture. You got to schedule that. Then you got to get the cards. Then you got to write them. Then you got to get the addresses. You gotta, And then you got to buy all the presents. And then perhaps however you decorate your home and the parties that you go to. So there's parties and there's extra concerts. So there's extra stuff. And so that sort of creates a chaotic mayhem of living, kind of a frantic living uh, in a way. And so we just kind of just go, oh, I'll wait. You know, I'll, I'll repent of this on, at my New Year's resolution. I can't lose weight right now. I can't focus on that. There's too much going on. I can't focus on, you know, being more kind now. There's too much going on. I can't focus on not yelling. I did the New Year, the New Year, New Year's resolutions. And my, I would just propose to you that if you take these next um, 68, 7, or whatever's left days, and you dedicate them to your kind speech, your loving mornings, your um, losing weight, your whatever it is, January 1st will be a celebration for you. It won't be a, you know, we won't have that holiday hangover that so many people have that I've seen a thousand times at church service, the, the church service after the holidays, and there's just this big malaise, there's this like veil over people because we're, you know, some sort of stupor. It's almost like a, a debaucherous stupor. Um, you won't even have that. You'll be so ready to go. It will feel great because the thing is, all of those things, the debaucherous types of things that we do, oh, I'm just going to, you know, we eat and eat and eat, whatever. We gain some weight. And no one ever feels better after that. You know, we think we're going to, and of course we have that initial release, but it never feels good in the end. And I think it would, it's such an awesome thing or the, the, the experience that I've had is that looking at January 1st to be ready to go for the new year for God is just an amazing, amazing journey. And I hope that's what you'll get out of this. So um, it's a little bit like when you're, telling, when you're talking to somebody about getting married and you'll you know, give them advice, you need to focus more on the marriage than the wedding. Because the idea is, yes, the wedding, it's a big day. Yes, you got to think about the the dresses and you got to get the tuxedos and you got to make sure the flowers are there and you got to make sure you got the photographer and the cake and the caterer and the limousine and whatever it is, whatever you're doing, all the decorations. It's a big day, but it's one day. And you're hopefully trying to be married for the rest of your life. Maybe you'll get 50 years together. And that's what we want to focus on. We want to focus on praying with your your spouse-to-be. You want to focus on what does the Bible say and getting your marriage off to the right start, making the Bible the foundation of your marriage and, and, and talking with each other and looking at your past relationships and looking at the families that you grew up in so that you can become all that God wants you to be, right? So we're going to focus more on the marriage. Well, that's what this time is. Yes, we're going to have fun. I want to open presents. I want to do all that stuff. It's not, it's not a matter of, I'm not going to be festive. It's a matter of putting the holiness above all the festivities. So I hope that makes sense. Um, okay, so this does take a sacrifice of time, but I think really it takes just some some learn, uh, learning new spiritual practices. And during these next uh, few days, we're going to be looking at a lot of Psalms. Now we won't be looking at all the Psalms and um, I'm going to be giving a little more of an introduction on the next video. But um, one of the things that we're going to have to learn how to do right away is really practice listening to God. Now this is part of praying Praying is a conversation with God, right? And we all, I've never met anybody that felt like, oh, I've arrived with prayer. I'm good. I don't need to listen on prayer. You know, I got it. Me and God, we talk all the time. You know, all of us realize we have so much to learn about prayer. I mean, I I think about it all the time. Like, how do I be the persistent widow (laughs) And keep asking for those things and also say but not my will but yours be done you know Jesus has to complete the three times whatever you know these are tensions um, and things to explore in our relationship with God like I want to have the heart of the persistent widow but I want to have the surrender to say your way not my way God you know so these are all things about what am I asking for how am I doing that but right now I want to focus on how God speaks to us because a lot of us are trying to figure out, what does God want me to do during this time? So I just want to introduce to you or remind you of some spiritual practices that you are, might, might already know about and already be practicing. Um, but to get us to the point where our ears are really open to listening to God. And I think it, is, it, it, it takes a lot of practice and it takes some spiritual discipline. Um, I think sometimes we can think, you know, you, you know, the Scripture says that um, the Spirit goes. It's kind of like the wind blows; no one knows which way it goes, and the Spirit blows, and that's how it is. And the Spirit takes us places we don't know where we're going, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but it, it can make it sound as if it's just this natural, organic thing that all, it's always flowing, it always happens, and you can't you can't plan anything. That's not true. <laughs> you you have to teach yourself how to discern what the Spirit is saying, and make sure, well, I always have to make sure it's not my voice. (laughs) I'm like, God, am I just talking to myself? Sounds a lot like me. Um, That's a big deal to go, is this God really saying something? Because you've heard people say that, well, the Spirit led me here, or God told me this. And, you know, sometimes those things don't even line up with the Bible. So you're like, I don't think God told you that, but you're saying he did. So, okay. Um, It doesn't make sense to me, but okay. But as for that I can't answer. But what I can say is that it takes some practice and discernment and some discipline to figure out how to listen to God. So having said that, I want to go to Psalm 131. This is a go-to Psalm for me. It has been for years and years and years and years. And I wanna talk about just listening, listening to God. So this starts off by saying, Lord, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty, I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. In the NIV, it says things that are too wonderful for me. Okay, so I want to I just sink into here, this right now. So he's starting off by saying, I'm not proud. Now, I know that I have so much pride in my heart. So I, I start by just going, okay, God, get rid of my thoughts, get rid of my my pride, all the pride in my heart. You know that one of the things I'm going after is humility. Taking anything that happens to me and I'm trying to take it through the filter of what would be the humble response. How can I respond to this humbly? And, you know, sometimes I'll get, I have these waves of resentment right now. And um, one of my good friends, uh, Robin Foyle, talked about how uh, 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 resentment is sort of like a, a rock or a hardened chunk of anger and it comes in and it just kind of hits my heart but I can take that the, the way I'm thinking about it is I'm taking out something harder which is humility it's like a sledgehammer of humility and I just break it up and I go no what is the humble way to respond to that and I just break up that resentment again and send it back out you know Um so I'm, I'm really, really working on this pride. So I have to empty myself at the beginning. I think the beginning of listening to God is emptying yourself of your own voice as much as possible. If it, I don't even know if it is possible, but getting rid of your pride, your thoughts, your haughty eyes, all the things that are about you, emptying yourself of you and go, Okay, God, the, I've thought these thoughts. These are the way I think. I know that's not right. God, help me, help me not to be proud and and help me to be humble. So we have to start with that. And then he says, I don't concern myself with things too wonderful for me or things too awesome or things too complicated. And the way that I think about that is that, you know, Um, I do this all the time. So I'm always constantly, constantly thinking about things that are too wonderful for me, you know, like how we're going to change the world, you know, and it's a good thing to think about changing the world, but, you know, it's overwhelming. How am I going to change the world? How am I going to lead all these people? What's the best way to lead people? What's the best way to do this? And what's the, what what about our, 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 um, our culture, the culture that we live in and the, my, you know, my neighborhood that I live in, you know, all these things. And the truth is, I don't know how to change the world, (laughs) but I know how to change myself. I know that God can change me, so I have to take my mind off of all these things. I can't even figure anybody else out. I mean, the, the heart of man is so complicated, we don't even understand our own hearts. How am I going to understand completely Jay's heart? In a, so you know, thinking about how my husband should change and how my kids should change and how everybody else around me should change. How they should. No, 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 no. Okay, wait. That's none of my business. I, I can't change them. Even today, my prayer was, God, I know that. Only you can change these people that are around me. Only you can change, and all, their hearts are in your hands. I give them back over to you. I want them to be different because actually I love them. Um, people don't control. You don't control because you hate people. You you are you can do that because you love people and you want what's best for them. But you have to release it and go. God loves them more. So. I'm saying all this to say I have to get my mind off of everybody else and off of all changing the world, saving the world, all of that. i got to get my mind off of that and go, no, the only person I can change is me. i got to bring it right back down to me. So my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I'm not going to concern myself with things too wonderful for me. God, quiet my soul. Be still my soul. Because the next thing says instead, and, of course, I have that circled because anywhere it says instead in the Bible, I always circle it so that I know that it's getting ready to give me an answer <laughs> for the problem it just said. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a wean child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a wean child is my soul within me. Oh, oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. And I love this image this image of quieting your own soul. You have calmed it. Now, when you're taking, when you're weaning a child and when you're saying, okay, we're not gonna have any, no more bottle and you're, you're telling that, that child, you're going to be fine. No more binky, no more whooby, whatever it is you're taking away. Maybe you're getting off the breast milk, whatever it is, you know, that child is going to scream because they want that. You know, our, our souls are crying. Oh, no, 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 I want that. I want that. I want that. I want, I want, I want. Whatever it is that makes them feel better, whatever comfort it is that you just took away, they're going to be crying out for it, but you're going to be telling him it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I'm going to take the bottle and you're going to be okay because you're going to learn that there's something better. You're going to mature. And this is what you're telling your soul. You know, David talks to himself all the time in the Psalms. You're talking to yourself. You're calming yourself. You're saying, soul, you're going to be okay. All of that, it's all crazy. I know it's crazy right now gonna be okay and you're not gonna to turn to all your whoobies and all that kind of stuff no I'm gonna still and quiet my own soul it's our responsibility to get ourselves stilled and quieted The things that can help is actually being quiet having a quiet space that's why it's called quiet time um being quiet having a quiet place to go it will still it will help you to still your soul with quieting your mind you can quiet your atmosphere, but quieting your mind takes a bit of discipline and, and, and actual practice. And um, something you can do, uh, something that I do, and I'm sure most of you have heard of this, is you can have two journals. So you have two. Actually, I have one journal, and then I have scratch paper. And so when I'm sitting down to journal, one thing I can do is I can journal to God. I can, that helps me to quiet my thoughts and get them out on a piece of paper. It helps me to focus them. I'm talking to God through my pen my paper. But you'd be amazed because just at the time that you're doing that, you're also thinking, oh my gosh, I forgot to get the dry cleaning. Oh my gosh, I, wait, wait, i got to put the meat out because I've got to have dinner ready for now. I gotta de- thaw, I've got to thaw the meat out. Oh, and, oh, oh, and that, oh, the, do they send that thing home from school? I'm, oh, we're supposed to have volunteers for something. And, and oh, oh, the sees candies, we're supposed to do sees candies. <laughs> my my daughter, is, she's going to this little charter school down the street from our house and I, I'm just not used to getting things from a school telling you what to do, and I'm like, ah, I'm freaking out. Anyway, all those things that come into your mind, and you're like, oh, I forgot to get the babysitting for such a... Okay, those things are going to happen just when you're trying to be alone with God and hear His voice. So you have that sheet of paper, so you go, wait, oh, I'm going to write that down. Okay, put it away. No. Then you go back. I'll, I'll write that. Okay, it's there. I'm going to go back. So you can get your mind. It's, you're not going to forget it later. You wrote it down. Now you're going to go back to what you're doing. But you have to continually have the discipline to put yourself back into the conversation with God, and not let those little foxes ruin the vineyard, not let those little thoughts get you distracted. You're going to have a million of them, because I know any of you could have just done what I just did, going through all the things that you have going on. Okay, so um, quieting your mind so that you can hear. There's also this idea that God speaks to us, I don't know why, but at specific times. Like for me, I have these two, I have this in the, I don't know why, but God speaks to me in the morning. Like I can go to bed with problems, even though I try not to, but I, I'll go to bed with issues, with problems, with unsolved things, with things that are bothering me, and somehow, either he'll wake me up in the night and he'll answer me, I'll pray, you know, the Bible says that He. I pray through the watches of the night, but in the morning, God wakes me up and sometimes gives me ideas right from the beginning, right when I get in the shower, whatever it is. Um, because he that's where he feels like he can talk to me. He made me and he knows me. He know how he, he knows how he made my mind and my heart. So he knows when to speak to me. That's not going to be the same for you. It might be the afternoon. It might be at in at at dusk. It might be before you go to bed. It might it's different times for everybody, but God has times where he'll speak to you. And these are usually the loving, merciful things, the sweet, tender moments with God for me. You know, in the morning his new, new mercies I see, right? But there's also times I know that for me Um, I, I have started this thing of like, by the time I get to, you know, three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon, my mind is so full. (laughs) My mind is so full of all of my fears and failures. Really, that's what it is that, um, you know, I read somebody somewhere the other day, somebody was talking about how they, they scheduled their prayer time for 11am because they know by the time 11 gets there, they will have had enough um, you know, failures and and, and and mistakes that they will really need to be talking to God and re-releasing all that stuff. And I was thinking that for me is that by dinner time, my mind is just ruminating on what hasn't been done, you know, what didn't get done, my fears, my failures, all that. So I've, st- I've started to take a prayer walk at that time too. I usually take a prayer walk in the morning, but I've started taking prayer walk in, at dusk sort of at that time and just praying through, God, thank you for everything that happened today. These are all the things that did. And I just say, just like he did in the garden, it is good. What happened today is good. I release what hasn't happened and I let God reset me. It's, it's amazing what God can do. And that's sort of my, um, uh, that's when I need God to tend to my heart. I need him to tend to me. I need him to recreate me. Um, the other day, uh, Kiara stopped by on her way home from work, and I was like, oh, do you want to go on my prayer walk with me? And so she did, and it was amazing what God can do with that time. It's amazing. It's just, I don't understand how he can totally change you, like how you feel walking out the door with, I'm just full up to here, and I swear he changes everything about me on that journey. And Kiara was like, I can't believe this. My headache's gone. You know, like I, I cannot believe how different I feel after that one walk. So you have to figure out when can, when can God and I talk today? And when can I hear from him? Um, and be aware that he's speaking to you. He can speak to you even through things that you're watching on television. Right now, we're watching this documentary about the, um, uh, the Roosevelt's. And I don't, it's just, I learned so much from, I feel like God is like sitting there with me, like, see, I told you, (laughs) I learned stuff by watching them. And you can see, you can hear stuff through your, through conversations with people. God will answer a question um, through your kids. I loved that somebody shared, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Gina. She shared about, you know, talking about the 70 days with her kids and talking about what what they were going to do. And the the child said, you know, you could work on your yelling, mom, you know, and it kind of cracked me up. Uh, Your kids always seem to know what what you can work on. And it really is true. So, you know, there's other ways that there's other things that we can do. And I'll talk about them another time to really hear from God. But I just want us to get, I wanted to get us started that we have to get into the practice. And even if this was your 70 day thing, where you just learned to listen to God. This would be a totally great use of your time. So, just setting off to go. Okay, I'm going to clear myself of my own thoughts. I'm going to bring down the pride. I'm going to make sure, get rid of all the pride, and so that God can speak to me. I'm going to open my ears. I'm going to get my mind off of all these things that are too wonderful for me. The things that are driving me crazy because they're not they're beyond my control anyway. Okay, God, what are you saying to me? I've stilled and quieted my own soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I'm going to be okay. God, speak to me. I'm listening. And letting Him speak through whatever it is. The time in the quiet, the time that you're in the shower, whatever. The time before bed, the time uh, after your nap. Whatever time it is, making sure that you are arranging for that and listening and walking. Opening those hands and... And really, you know, the scripture I shared on um, a Facebook page this, this week talks about God little gently leading you, even from behind. He's going to be whispering from you. Whether we go to the right or the left, He's going to be behind us going, go this way, you step this way, go that way. So really listening to that voice, that is instructing you in the middle of a conversation, trying to hear God's voice in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of your time with your kids, you know, really training ourselves for this part of the journey. So my goal with this is to get you to be able to hear God's voice a little bit better, and especially in discerning what He wants you to work on during this time. So if you've already decided and you, now you're like, wait a second, I don't think I really, you know, maybe I wasn't hearing, it's okay. Go back. I mean, a million times I'll say, you know, I was thinking this, but I think I was wrong. Uh, That is a great, that's a great lesson in humility. I need to say that more. (laughs) You know, originally I thought this, but actually I think I was wrong. Those are great words to be able to say. So don't worry about it. If God changes it, it's okay. So I hope this helps you to hear God's voice. Until next time.